1: Saturday morning and here come the girls, Ray and Faye, with Let's Talk Gardening.
0: And greetings gardening friends. Do hope everyone is tracking really well out there. We are ready to go. 94841927 is our number and Bev Daring will be your first point of contact when you call in this morning. The hard taskmaster, John Glidden, is always standing by, looking after us all, keeping us in check. We like that. And a big thanks to our cycling DJ, Jim Crinan, for the breakfast show this morning. And also, a big shout out to Peter Kelly for supporting Jim today. Thank you both so much, boys. Fayakara, good morning. Good morning, Ray. What have you been up to? It's been a while since you and I have been together. <laughs> it
2: it has been. Well, We've I have doing road our thing. tripping.
0: Yeah, you have. And what a wonderful road trip that was down to Cojanup. I was very... If I had the FOMO thing going on, mm.
2: well, it was mm. it was a lovely overnighter, and we thoroughly enjoyed ourselves and saw gardens as well, which a was a bit garden. of a surprise. Well, it was an add-on
0: that you weren't it actually was. quite anticipating.
2: Not at all, but no, it was good to get away. Always lovely to be home. So much happening in the garden and bush. Oh, I and I've brought you a little sample right here, Ray.
0: Yes, it's beautiful. Absolutely, I'm loving that. It's uh well you've mixed it with natives and it is all natives it's all natives it is every single one of them this I'll is your rice is that the rice flour
2: rice flour ozothamnus
0: yeah yeah, yeah. that is just
2: such a winner it's yeah. uh an eastern states native but i find that it just does so well in the garden it's quite big now and it's gotten a bit you know, past its use by date, I think. So I reckon I'll have to replace it with a couple of others. And there is a beautiful apricot one as well. So I think the lesson I learnt with this is that I need to trim it more often. Okay. And um, keep it compact. Pick more flowers, yeah. I guess. That's yeah. that's, that's the a, thing. A key. Yes. And I have to admit that some of them I did just pick for you, Ray, because <laughs> I was pruning the plant.
0: Oh, I see. Okay, so like this I'll little... take it. Look at this. Either the way, Geraldton
2: yeah. wax here yeah, a big funny. cluster of flowers, and then it's put on like new six growth. inches of new growth. It's beautiful,
0: yeah. Isn't thing? Everything is just looking amazing out there. Mm. You know, before the heat comes in and knocks it, I shouldn't say that, but everything is just absolutely uh, popping out there. Even I'm happy with my own garden, and that's saying something, isn't it? It is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Very, very pleased. I'm pleased Tell to everyone hear. what we are doing today?
2: Today we, it's all about flowers really isn't it? Flowers and gardens. Well that makes gardens. me happy straight up. Yeah. <laughs> well we will be speaking to Denise Sobara. She is Plants by Denise and she's got a sale on today and next weekend and we love Denise's plants. There's unusual perennials and cottage garden plants, hardy plants for summer, plants for picking, you name it. We will hear all her tips and favourites and last weekend when we were strolling down the Albany Highway, happened to see an open garden sign, took the car, diverted, and we yeah. ended up in this magical garden, Ray, a hectare of garden, and the story behind it is quite interesting. Yeah. The more I learn, the more I'm Fascinated like, by it. Well, yeah, and there's so many lessons. There's water-saving ideas, uh, plants for choice, adding variety and interest to your garden on many, many levels. So I look forward to speaking with Mary Jones again and sharing with
0: the listeners her story. Yeah, no, wonderful. And the Geranium palagonium I can't get that out, Geranium palagonium too early in the morning for me, everyone, Society of WA have their annual sale day is on today uh, between 9 and 11 a.m. It's at the Girl Guides Hall, in which is the corner of Stock Road and Kitchener Ave in Melville. Cash only. So Geranium and Pelargonium Society have their annual sale day today, nine to eleven. Girl Guides Hall, corner of Stock Road and Kitchener Avenue in Melville.
2: They are a lovely, friendly group, Ray, right? uh, yes. and they meet at that hall. I'm pretty sure it is on the third Sunday of each month. month.
0: And And we were just saying off air how much we enjoy geraniums. We were, weren't we? Yeah, yeah.
2: They're old-fashioned, but, you know, they're hardy, they're colourful, um give you a lot of bang for your buck. Really do. And uh, yes, if you haven't got one, go and have a look at the new varieties because they seem to be bringing out new new things all the time. Yeah, you were telling colours. me about a rosebud one that you've got doing well at the moment.
0: I have and I'm pretty sure I got it from you. Mm. And so the flowers come out in rosebud-like clusters, if you like, and I've got two types. And I'm I'm saying to Faye off air, I think I got it from you. I think I struck it. I'm going to send you a photo to confirm, but I'm pretty sure mm. it's one of yours and it's white and it has a very pink edging around the petal yes but very delicate I do love those rosebud style geraniums they're just that little bit different aren't they they
2: are yes yeah
0: yeah, they they don't look real in fact I remember
2: many years ago back in the old days where we had loads of plants and societies at the garden festival I remember going into the geranium stand and I was just captured by these blooms so I went straight up And touched it. And, um, of course, I was told, didn't you see the sign? Well, no. You know, like your eye is drawn to flowers, not please don't touch.
0: Yeah, I tend to need to feel something sometimes just because for the texture. Mm. I I think I'm tactile and I just do like to, sometimes to my own detriment, when I put my hand on something and it's full of thorns or whatever, but I just have to, yeah, feel what things are like. It's just something to do with. Well,
2: it is a natural thing to do and I must admit, you know, we probably all do it. However, maybe I do it less now because I'm mindful of the what I'm showing others, particularly children. So if I go in and and touch everything, well, they do too, not as carefully. But certainly, when I go into my ferns, I put my hand flat and lift it up mm. from underneath, so mm. the fern rests on the top of my hand. And
0: that's how you show the shawl. and and
2: that's stops the ferns from being burnt because some of them are are very sensitive sensitive to touch
0: Yeah. Well, because your friend, John Abedosevich, he's very particular with the way he handles his ferns, mm. isn't he?
2: You wouldn't grab a leaf and just, you no. know, like go and to and He crush doesn't it. himself, no. does he?
0: He said, I remember when he had his garden open, you know, people were going, you know, into places where they weren't meant to be going, even though it said do not enter, and they went, and they were touching things, and he said, even I don't touch them. No. Yeah. I that's can always right. remember that, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So you do have to be careful. Pick your. Pick your targets, absolutely. All right, 94841927. We've got a few emails. And just a reminder as well, Amanda's Garden Fate is on this weekend. That's today and tomorrow between 10 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. Now, the entry is $5. And as you would already know, uh, this money is donated to fighting meningococcal disease, of which they lost their daughter some years ago. And they dedicate this uh, garden every year to... To their daughter and it's called Amanda's Garden Fate and it's a spectacular garden. Will not regret attending at all. And it's located at, this is really interesting, Junction of Margaret and Madison streets in Southern River. You have to forgive me because I read on the fly. Okay. Junction of Margaret and Madison Streets in the Southern River. That's open today and tomorrow between ten a.m. and four thirty p.m. And it's a spectacular big garden, and uh, is in a rural setting. And of course, all the all the trimmings are there: the Devonshire teas, the sausage sizzles, the plant sales, the art displays. We did speak to them last week and had a great chat with them about that. So just a reminder. And the weather's going to be perfect to be doing something like that. Oh, you want to do something it's, relaxing? It's kind of a cool weekend, isn't it? Love it. it? happy, yes. Mm.
2: Good to have a catch up and big thanks to Andrea Whiteley for filling in for me last weekend She, She does a stellar job I would not have been able to get away without someone filled my shoes Ditto.
0: <laughs> yeah we do need we call them our um buddies don't we we mm. call them our buddies and uh yeah I must I must develop a few more buddies out there happy to <laughs> fill in for me from time to time I'm always leaning on Chris Bartlett who does a really good job and I think he enjoys doing it actually he always jumps at the opportunity so yes we've got some a good support behind us all right on to the emails yes please Uh, Wondering if you could help. Scraggly lime
2: tree has been developing fruit and flowers, but black spots on the leaves and yellowing. New growth has started to appear. Now, that sounds like a very good sign. Sometimes uh, it's about plants coming out of winter. Yellow leaves can either indicate they're old and ready to fall off and be left behind it's quite natural but it can also be an indication of the roots are too wet I would uh, suggest if it's in a pot and hasn't been repotted for a while it's probably a good time to do it otherwise if it's in the ground they do say that they've fertilized every two months with a general citrus fertilizer I would also vary the fertilizer one of the products that you could use would be an eco fungicide and that Mm. is good for flowering plants but also good for fungal issues so because the lime tree is flowering and fruiting Mm. that would be a good liquid tonic to cover a couple of bases Uh, and also because the plant takes it in straight away any liquids you can apply to to the leaves of the plant yeah and the leaves will take them in and you probably see results within the week if the plant is in its growing phase. So don't forget the mulch um, and make sure that it's wetting, the water is getting through. So you know, Ray, with all plants in the garden and lawns, a great time to add wetting agent to the whole garden.
0: Yes. And you know what?
2: I'm not sure what the bags will say, but you really need to do it quite often. I know that with one of my lawns, I'm finding about every six weeks, mm. so I do it lightly, mm. and that just instead of giving it like a feast and famine, it keeps it ticking along. Ticking and over. I can see by my lawn when it's starting to go off again.
0: You know, yeah. Mm. So keep it, keep it going, little and often, but just yes. keep doing it. Yeah.
2: And that's a good rule for everything, really. It really um, is
0: in in, in Perth. you know
2: the roses have put on a stellar show, yeah. and. You know, the blooms just seem to keep hanging in there except for the days when they fry. Yeah. But that's another one. Dibbing, using a dibber to put some slow-release fertilizer down into those holes and maybe giving them something a little bit extra every six weeks when you're you're cutting them or, you know, you cut them after the flush. It takes six weeks for the new roses to grow roughly.
0: Um, I might do that today because I've got a dibber. And I might have a, a dipper, not a dibbler, as John dibber, points out. A dipper, and I might have a go at that with my roses actually, because mm. I've had a beautiful display, so I now now need them to recharge, refuel. So energize. have you
2: done any cutting back yet?
0: I have a bit, mm. yeah, on a few of them. Yeah, starting to. They um, needed
2: a bit of deadheading, didn't they, after yeah. the thirty-five degrees? Yeah, certainly mm.
0: some of them fried from that. It's I a shame. wish I'd picked the bunches. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mm. tend to try and run out and do that and grab as many as I can because what's the, what the what's the point of leaving them leaving them to you know burn in the sun? Exactly. All right, we're going to head to Landstar. We're talking about a bottle brush tree. Morning, Rodney. How are you?
3: I'm I'm very good, thank you. Yourself?
0: We're great, thanks heaps. How can we help, Rodney?
3: Yes, um, my bottle brush trees um, they came out in full flower. Um, I suppose. Uh, Beginning of spring there, and, uh, and then I just noticed one of them, um, one of the uh, the branches, sort of, a couple of the branches in the in the middle of the tree, have all of a sudden just dried up.
4: Oh, for no reason. How big and, is
3: the tree? Um, oh, it would be uh, be about eighteen years old. It's quite a medium sort of sized tree. Hmm. Okay. Um, and just for no reason, yeah, it just this... And the more I look at it, the more I'm finding a lot of branches on it just drying up and... Uh, okay. But I, I've, but I also notice if you drive around the area, you'll see a lot of other bottle brush trees that seem to be doing the same thing and, mm. and some of them are completely dead. Mm. You know, like healthy... And this tree of mine is uh, obviously, uh, you know, getting bore water and... Um, so it's getting plenty of water. It's not lack of water or anything, I don't think. And I can't see any reason why like doesn't seem to be anything attacking it.
2: Okay. Uh, so water strange. quality is one potential issue with bore water. It it shouldn't be a problem, but things change. No. Um, as far as your tree goes, and I had a similar problem with a very old bottle brush. It was probably closer to 40 years old. And I got an arborist yeah. in to to tidy up the tree and yeah, to remove yeah. the dead and and dying branches, cut it back to a growth point and then monitor yeah. the new growth. And in doing that, the branches that come down, you'll be able to inspect very closely for signs of yeah. damage. You, you may even have to saw through the branches to see if there's any holes or any type of borer damage. What yeah. we would want to rule out and i'm not sure that bottle brush are on the list but there's the shot hole borer mm. uh, polyphagus shot right. hole borer and that yep. can cause problems for certain trees um, yep. and you know there are native borers as well they don't normally i don't think send a tree into that sort of decline but by yep. monitoring the new growth you know the perhaps the trees suffered in some way and by giving it a cut back looking at the new growth you'll at least be able to save it and monitor whether it does go into further decline or whether you know doing that will just uh reinvigorate it and keep it going
3: right yeah 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 it does get trimmed uh every couple of years the council uh, will go through and they trim them um so it's just yeah, it's very very odd. Uh, you know, that it's always been a good, healthy tree, plenty of flowers and foliage, and then all of a sudden, there's, there's these branches just uh, just drying up. Also,
2: uh, is it on a verge? Yeah.
3: Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, it's a council verge tree.
2: Do yeah. they spray at all?
3: No, no, they don't do any spraying at okay. all. Okay, no. all right. Yeah.
2: Well, I wonder. You know, is is the pruning uh, good? Good practice pruning. That's the other thing. Sometimes I've, I've seen mm. some, mm. you know, it's pretty rough, shoddy, off. shoddy mm. jobs. Mm. Um, so yeah. that that would be another consideration. They should know what they're doing. Um, but the fact that there's I, more trees around suffering. Um,
3: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder. And, and I just think the thing about the pruning there too. Um, I know when they did prune last time, I sort of uh, got up a bit because I said you're too severe. You've cut it back. I sort of thought that was, you know, they would cut too much back. And um, when the inspector came back out, and he said, "I oh, know that's that's, a, you know, within the limit." You know, and I thought, mm. well, it looked look like too severe to me. But mm.
2: well, it may not like, have yeah. been good for that tree. Mm. Yeah. And the pruning yeah. cuts are what I'd be looking at. Were they mm. nice, clean mm. pruning cuts? Cuts, or were they? You know, sometimes if you go to cut a branch and you cut it and it tears. Then you can get disease yeah. and issues. So, oh, oh, yeah,
3: yeah, mm. it looks like all, yeah, yeah clean uh, cuts. Yeah, mm. yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, that's good. Mm. All right. Well, good
0: all luck right. with that, Rodney.
3: Yeah. Okay. No worries.
0: All Thank the best. You. Take care. Bye. Okay. Now, yeah. if you love flowers, you must tune in to our chat with Denise at Plants by Denise, next. One hundred point one. And we are back. You're tuned to Curtain Radio. You're with Ray and Faye. And as discussed just before our break, we're chatting with Denise Sorberer from Plants by Denise. Hi, Denise. You're with Ray and Faye. How's it going?
2: Hello. Good morning. I'm good. How are you? (laughs) Good. You're up for a busy day today, I bet, Denise. Yes, hopefully. There's, uh, I've started the sales already and oh. customers are already here, so wow. that's lovely. Well, we're very lucky yeah. that you've taken the time to talk to us. So we'll try not to keep you for too long, but we're itching to know about some of the plants yeah. that you've got there today.
5: Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, well, at the moment, flowering, I've got delphiniums. Oh, and you've, I've you've got, already got me. Yeah, I love them. Yeah. I love them. Yeah, one of my favourites, and Campanulas, you know the companionals,
2: oh
0: medias.
5: yes, Canterbury, uh, Canterbury bells. bells are they? Yep, they're yeah, flowering. Yeah, yeah, at the moment, and penstemons. <gasps> yeah. Yes, and salvias. Heaps of salvias are uh, flowering. Yeah, so it's, it's lovely this time of the year.
2: So, Denise, tell me or give me some recommendations for picking picking flowers for summer. Something I can put in a vase. Okay.
5: Uh, selvias do very
2: well. Um
5: yes, I've got that one Pick Nice. Uh now you wanted perennials or annuals? Well
2: perennials are oh. good because they'll peak. Oh. You probably need to stand yes. still, Denise. <laughs> We're getting a bit I'm of sorry. interference. A bit of wind,
0: I think. Yeah. Oh. You're outside. I'm sorry. Um yes, yep, outside. Um the
5: it was, uh, I've got it in my front yard, it's the Coryopsis, Coriopsis and I've got a variety that's a perennial Coriopsis and it's ah. called Mayfield's Joint and that is flowering out and that'll flower all the way through. That flowers basically 10 months of the year. Wow. And it's a gorgeous double yellow flower and it's low so it's got lot, it's foliage is low so the flowers are very the stems are very long mm. and that looks stunning in in a vase and I did it last year and they lasted heaps, they lasted weeks in a vase, just changed the water but they are really gorgeous
2: oh. um, so so that's yeah, that's Maybell well, Giants and yellow that, and is lovely. lovely and mm. vibrant and I guess with blue yeah. salvias and something white wow. that would look stunning
5: yeah, no they're beautiful um, tardoons they're flowering in summer um, and they're really nice. Even like when the flower heads are finished, like a dried flower arrangement. They're, the cardoons, they're gorgeous as well. Mm. Nice. And uh, uh, Veronica, they, they flower for a long, long time. They're a lovely cup flower. Are they uh, the purple one? In? Is that
0: purple, Denise? Yes.
5: Yeah. Yeah. yes, and I've got pink and I've got it in white as well. Yep,
0: yep, yep. Okay, and when when uh, people buy your plants, are they tube size? Because I remember when I was there once, you had a lot of tube stock. Is that the case, or it's all varying? Yes,
5: I do. Yes, I have a few sizes. I yeah. have
0: the tube stock.
5: Yeah.
6: Then I have
5: a large tube. Uh-huh. Then I have a small pot um, and a round pot. So there's several sizes. Yeah, so
0: it's very economical. And then I have a
5: two hundred mil. So I'll have okay. the fourteen. 14- centimetre and a 200 mil. So I've got a range, a range of sizes. Yeah. And I guess you've got seeds as well. Yes, yep, yep. I sell the flower seeds as
2: well, yep. Have you got any oh, tips oh. for for perennials that don't need a lot of water? Um, I've got, well,
5: I've got a corn called liatris and it's perennial and that doesn't need much water. Uh, Also, Galadias. Yes. Galadias as well. And they don't need much water. A lot of the Selvias, the same. The Coreopsis that I was talking about before, because they just self-seed. And if anyone comes here, they'll see themselves seeded in my driveway. (laughs) They're really tough. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, you know, the lion's... Lion's ear, you know, they're Leonus, Leonoris. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how you say it, sorry. Yeah, that's really tough and that's flowering in summer. Um, and I've planted that in my garden. It's up near it's up near all the gum trees from the you know, the shire birch. Right. And oh that 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 just goes really well. And another plant that I've got is Eleagnus, and that's that you can hedge that or have it as a sh- large shrub. And that I hardly ever water that.
2: Ali Agnes, oh, I'm not even sure I've yeah. ever heard of
5: it. Yeah, it's um, it's a beautiful shrub. It's got scented flowers. Wow. Um, and the, it you, you don't really notice the flowers, but you notice the scent. And the leaves are gorgeous and thick. And the underside they're green, and underneath the the leaves, it's sort of a silver colour. Yeah. So I've got I've got those for sale if anyone's interested. Um yeah, real t- real tough plant. Do you know what? I've I have that just on um Retick that I just clipped the hose into hmm. and I water that maximum twice a year.
0: Oh my word. It's my, it's, so it's that tough. And how do you yeah, spell that one?
5: one? Uh E L A E G N U S and the variety mm. is Abigin, Abiginae. Abiginae. Yeah. It's also
2: Baca. called silverberry or oleaster. Right. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Gee,
5: that,
0: that's
5: Very been See, so we Google under as we're talking. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. tough plants, yeah. And I've got another one. It's not for sale yet because I'll, I'll propagate from it. But there's one that's got a variegation that's got gold and green.
0: Mm. So...
5: I think that's a great plant, you know. Fantastic.
0: And I think what you put forward to us too, Denise, is some options instead of, um, I mean, I, you know, we love our annuals and that, but I was talking to a friend during the week, friend of FaZe, April, and she said, I said, I'm just scratching my head with what annuals I'm going to put in now because I, I like to have something that's just not, you know, the same as, same as. And she said, I've given up on the annuals. I just stick to perennials, which give me right. you know, good season flowers. And I thought, well, yeah, that's smart, you know, as well. I mean, I still will have some pots of colour here and there. But I think it was a yeah. good comment to, to perennials just to give you that all-round uh, colour, you know, throughout the year. Well, some of the the yeah. little
2: wussy annuals that we put in, like the hot weather they came love a lot that's of water. it. Spring's yeah. gone already. Spring yeah. is gone.
0: Yeah, the violas <laughs> are gone. Yeah, it's all. I've got to pull that all out over the weekend, sadly, and start again. And what, what, what might be a good idea as well is what I
5: find if you sow some seeds in autumn, say, mm. uh, or in, in now at this time of the year, like the baskins, um, Yes. When they self-seed, they, they are so tough. You know, they, like, I've got them on the side of the driveway as well. So wherever a plant will self-seed, even though Babascum's not really... There are perennial versions, but there are sort of biennial and annual versions. Uh-huh. Um, they just self-seed around and, you know, I've got one at the moment flowering is Cotswold King, and that Babascum creditum, and... When that that's the study, that's like oh almost two metres tall. Um that, that doesn't require much water or anything. Just you know, it'll it'll probably propagate just give it some water sort of to get the seeds going. But if it self seeds, it'll just do it itself and you'll just find it popping up in lovely places. And what
0: and colour, colour really is that different. one? Yellow. You've got it in your garden. Yeah.
5: That one is two tone. That's two tone. It's yeah. a beautiful lemon on the like just dissect the flower in half, and the top half is dark, dark yellow, and the bottom half is lemon. Mm. It's just gorgeous. But then I've got the at that self seed alongside the driveway. That's the bascom lignitis, and that is a creamy white. Mm. So they're not all yellow. Yeah. And you've got the phoenician, and they're tough. Um, and they self-seed, and like, I've got some self-seeding in the lawn, and they get mowed all the time, and up they come again. So, <laughs> And they're in gorgeous pastel colours, and they're lower. But, yeah, they're perennial, and you don't need to, you know, water them much. And I've got one other plant that's really, really tough is, I don't know if you've heard of the yellow-horned
0: poppy. Not no. off the top and, of my head, no.
5: Yeah, and they that's got gorgeous grey foliage, and that just uh, that self-seeds out of my garden. It self-seeds mm. in the in the gravel, mm. and it's flowering now. Um, yeah, so and when it's got the very very long seed pod, so yeah, okay.
0: that, well, that's have... another
5: tough one. It's
0: sort yeah. of like yeah. annual
5: crosses a border from annual annual to perennial.
0: Okay, okay. Gee, you've got a huge range and some really nice uh, offerings. Well, plants that we
2: often don't hear of that's elsewhere. That's what you
0: can't get them in regular nurseries. That's what's special about you, Denise, is that <laughs> you do have things that are different. And people like me, I'm always looking for something with a little bit different, out of the norm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, that's, yes. you're open today and also again on November 4th. That's right. So yes. from yes.
5: 8, yes. 8 a.m. to 4
0: p.m.? Yes, and you're right. yes. located on Turner Road in Carmel. That's
2: right. Yes, Denise. Just quickly, are there any of yes. your personal favourites that we haven't yet covered this morning? Uh-huh. I do
5: like gomphrena. Oh um, yes, yes, and and I do like amaranthus as well. Yeah. Well, they're good for
2: picking and, too, and aren't they? Much.
5: Yeah. Yeah, and look, their class is an annual, but you know what? If you're not too cold in the winter, uh, they they come up again in spring. So, mm. And they can get seed as well. So, yeah, they're lovely. Oh, you can't ask me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you
2: know, I just, I grow, yeah. I you just, love them all, love don't the
5: you? Yeah, that you can't readily get hold of, like you said. Yeah. ask you know, gardeners once we've got a plant then we're on to the next thing that we want, you exactly.
0: know. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Our wish list <laughs> continues. <laughs> yes, no, thank yeah, you exactly. very much. Yeah. Well, we wish you a great day. And again, if people can't get up today, they've got an option of next weekend on November the 4th as well. So they've got uh, another bite of that cherry and we certainly recommend people come and check out uh, what, you, what you are able to show people. And, of course, you're there and you can talk people through and provide advice Invaluable and, advice. And, yes. and do you still allow
2: people to wander around your garden and have a look? Oh, yes. Yep. Yes, no, free to,
5: free to wander around. Yep, yep. Mm, and wow. not, then they can see some of the plants that I grow. That um, I, you know, yeah. I pop in the garden, so then they can see them.
0: What will turn well into? It. Yeah, yes, we love yes. That. yes. that's exactly. what we love. Yes. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yes. Well, we to let you get back to it. Obviously, as you're saying, you've got people already coming through your gates. Enjoy the day. Yes. Good luck with everything. Thank, thank you, thank you so for your much. time and for enlightening us and sharing with our listeners.
2: Thanks, Denise. Hey, thank you so much for having me on your show. You're okay. welcome. Go well. Pleasure. Uh, Bye. You, pleasure.
0: And that was Denise Sorbara by for plants by Denise, and she's a bit of an icon in the industry, isn't she? Oh,
2: well, yeah. she yes, she comes up with
0: plants we've never heard of. I know, I know. I was writing a few down, and as she was talking, I was quickly googling a few things, <laughs> and but that's great. That's what we want. Well, that's, that's what how we, we learn too, isn't yeah, it? Most definitely. Uh, okay, now, um, if you'll want to hold off for a minute, all right. <laughs> There's an email coming into us, and we've just got a message here, and so, yes, we will hold off, okay. We will move on to our next task. um
2: what is our next task right? What was we've that got- that
0: John brought in earlier? That Over was there. a big
2: email. He's actually waiting in the hope that we get a photo to go with it so we can talk about, talk about it more. A problem.
0: Mm. Okay. Now I'm, you know what I'm going to do? It's this perfect time. I'm going to give something away. All right. It uh, gives me the opportunity to do this now and I can see free lines. So why won't we send you shopping with a $75 gift voucher from Bigger Trees up in Pickering Brook, our fave nursery. Now... They are the frangipani ornamental and fruit tree specialists. Bigger Trees have exciting new stock arriving every week. And Bigger's latest news is they've opened up a section in their nursery dedicated to natives and hedging plants. And it looks great too. So for big plants and little plants, Bigger Trees has it covered. They also deliver across the metro area and I do suggest you browse their Facebook page if you can for updates. Open Thursday through to Sunday each week. Uh, For more details and more options, go to biggertrees.com.au. Now, you must be a Curtain Radio member and not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. Here's your question. It's an easy one. In the Wizard of Oz, a field of what sort of flowers put people to sleep? In the Wizard of Oz, a field of what sort of flowers put people to sleep? Give Bev a call now if you have the answer, 94841927. And the $75 gift voucher will be yours. Hop to it. Do you know the answer, Faye? Uh, Sort of. Sort of. (laughs) Because it was sent to you during the week? Oh,
2: well, no, I just remember the the story. Mm. Mm-hmm. The yeah. scarecrow, the tin man, and. <laughs> who's the. Oh, the lion, the coward. <laughs> that doesn't go together, does it? Because lions are normally courageous.
0: They're very courageous, exactly. Mm. Yeah, so, okay. And I can see the phone lines ringing, so we will have an answer very soon. Okay, we shall return. With Rain Fay, this is Curtain Radio one hundred point one and you are tuned to Let's Talk Gardening. We're just getting a bit of information in about a question uh, that we have from Alan in Maylands about a problem he's having with a particular bottle brush as well. You've got some pictures there, Faye? Is that uh, not related? Well, I've got pictures.
2: Uh, okay. It doesn't
0: it is from Alan. Mm. So all right. Do you want to read and I'll... All right, okay. So Alan in Maylands cares for gardens at units where he lives. He's having the same problem with one particular bottle brush. We were talking to a listener uh, a short mm. while ago that was having uh, some of the bottle brush actually dying in a branches and he's having an arborist coming in to access the tree. He is a loyal listener of the show. Thank you, Ellen, and was interested to hear others if they are experiencing this problem with bottle brush trees as well. So maybe mm. there's an issue out there.
2: Yeah, definitely. It It's not an overly big tree. Well, I've certainly seen bigger This is bigger the photo trees. that Ellen the, sent through. Yeah, look at that photo, Ray. It's, it's not overly big, I yeah. wouldn't say, um, but it it's... There's only a little bit of growth right up at the top and I don't know how suddenly this has happened. I can see that yes there's certainly cause for more investigation. It's it's almost like something has happened in the root zone or at the base of the tree. Um, I'd be inspecting for signs of borer or white ants or something in the root zone. If anything had been applied like a herbicide for example because it appears to have lost 90 percent of its leaves and all that's left behind are the the small sticky branches so there's definitely something going on whether it is some sort of disease or pest problem or a management issue Um, and you know sometimes you can't tell like I don't know if if something was sprayed there might be other evidence I would wonder how quickly it occurred, like Mm. over what period of time. If it was your tree, you'd sort of notice probably a sudden leaf drop, Mm. at which point you'd wonder what's going on. And I know I noticed this morning one of my pathways is absolutely covered in dry bottle brush leaves, and I suspect that that is due to the 35-degree day. A lot of trees, uh, gum trees, for example, and even hibiscus can suddenly drop leaves due to environmental conditions. So if you can look and, and have a, a think and an investigation around the time when you see the first evidence, you've got a better chance of working out what it is.
6: Mm.
2: So for now, I you know, based on the photo, I can't give a clear indication but you've got to go investigating. The Root Zone is one of the critical places to to start. start.
0: Absolutely. Mm. All right, now we do have a winner for our bigotry gift voucher, Lynette of Maida Vale. Good on you, Lynette. That voucher is on its way to you this week. Let us know what you do with it, by the way. We do like to hear back. Now, the question was, in The Wizard of Oz, a field of what sort of flowers put people to sleep? The answer was poppies. Thanks, everyone, for playing. Next hour... We have a gift voucher from Green Life Soil Co. to give away. Now we're heading. Oh, and someone else has rung in. Sue of Applecross uh, says she has a bottle brush tree about 25 years old with the same problem. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yep. Um, I'll I'll do some investigation do during the homework. week. Um, yeah.
2: But yeah, if they're verge trees, contact the council. Yeah. Um, yes. Because if this is widespread, yeah. you know, it, it won't old be old long booth.
0: before we get an answer on it yeah for sure all right we're heading to Netherlands. we're talking about lichen in lawn kathy good morning
7: oh good morning ray and faye um yeah i've my neighbor's built alongside me and so a part of my lawn has become really shaded mm. and um uh, i've just got this lichen it's growing like a oh, it's really growing like a weed it's bright green on the ground i've tried to dig it up um, you know, shave underneath it and dig it up and and get rid of it, and it just comes back. It's even creeping into the garden bed because it's so shaded there now. And um, I just don't know how to get rid of it. I, I I don't really want to use a spray or anything like that. And just wondering
2: if there's uh, there's mm. anything I can use. Uh, it may come good in in the warmer weather if your sun angle changes. And you may be able to have a, a nice summer lawn. It's probably because it's too wet and too yeah. shady. And it mm. doesn't sound like that's actually going to change in a in a hurry, like during the winter no, months. No. But what no. you can do, there is a plant called Dichondra that will yeah. grow in in lower light conditions but also in mm. wet locations. And it does very well in combination with lawn, so it tends to fill in the gaps mm. with lawn, and that might be yeah. a way of, of managing the problem.
7: Okay, yeah, so try and dig up the uh, lichen and, and pop some dichondria mm. in there and hope for the best.
2: Yep, you could, um, particularly in the warmer weather, the lichen mm. will probably die out because it, it becomes drier you can use seed or you could get uh sometimes the hardware stores sell trays of the dichondra mm. yeah so
7: yeah okay, i found that to be a good option mm, i'll try that thank you very much you're
0: welcome kathy yes. cheers thank for that good... bye bye okay and we will be going to the nine o'clock news soon we have more happening for people's diaries too right? We do actually I hope people have got a pen uh, by the radio it's hard when you're driving I we obviously understand uh but we've got there's a lot of events around at the moment but to put in pop into the diary and a bit of a juggle isn't it? it, Well it certainly is you have to pick your shows don't you? Yeah
2: yeah absolutely. Um, But at least if they're on the radar you've you've got a chance, chance if it interests you. Now the Cactus and Succulent state championship and show are on next weekend at the South Perth Community Centre. So they're on from nine o'clock to four o'clock Saturday and nine o'clock to two o'clock on Sunday. A huge number of plants on display, Mm. some collectors um, plants and it's amazing to watch and see all the different plants and Mm. the patterns and the styles and yeah Mm. unique and interesting they are you can talk to the growers take home a few gems they have a kitchen open for tea coffee snacks and sandwiches fpos is available and they have a plant crash operating too so that's next weekend um yeah get along it's Absolutely, well worth, worth
0: while. It. Now we're getting more bottle brush comments. Wendy of Armadale phoned in and she said bottle brushes in her street and surrounds also have problems. And Lois of Thornley said the shire is removing all Kings Park special bottle brushes in the area. Oh, so there's something going on here. Oh,
2: John, can you do a bit
0: research? Bit more see research. What's going on. Have
2: a look for the um Polyphagus shot hole borer see if uh the bottle brush is
0: a target species of, of theirs of um and I of course we... what happened up at King's Park during the week was absolute oh. uh criminality <sighs> mm-hmm.
2: yeah in this day and age you know that i know there are cameras out in the bush yeah. so hopefully they
0: will get this yeah, character
2: between that and mobile phone tracking
0: yeah um,
2: yeah i you know i believe there'd be a good chance for them to catch this person yeah, yeah. because I reckon if they've done it once and five times, yeah. what what will they do next? Yeah, exactly. Mm.
0: So, yeah, totally on, on But it's a sickness, isn't it, apparently? On the
2: upside though, Ray, we are incredibly lucky that many of our species respond so well to bushfire. Fire. I mm. was amazed when we were travelling through America and particularly Canada to... Uh, in 2015, and where they'd had fires on their hillsides, their trees hadn't grown in 20 years. There was a, a few evidence of a few small species coming back, but nothing like what they'd lost, the giant trees and forests. You know, the land landscape was scarred. Yeah. But you go through our bush areas within weeks and
0: rejuvenating you know
2: the the green contrast of the new growth uh, against the black charred trunks you know the cycads the grass trees the gums it all just brings new life back and even the insect life there are beetles that come in because of of the burnt burnt wood mm. uh, fungi that responds to fire it's just so fascinating how how it all restores itself mm, and rebuilds.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I always also worry about the animals that live in these areas as well. Without a doubt. God grief. So mm. coming up at five past nine, we're chatting with Mary Jones from CogenUp. She has an amazing garden that Faye had the fortune of visiting last week, so much so that Faye wants to speak to her again today and share uh, with listeners. So do tune in for that. That's coming up at five past nine. We'll be back in a moment. And you're with Ray and Faye. Thank you for your company this morning on Let's Talk Gardening. We will head to the news at 9am, but we do have free lines right now, 94841927. And the bottle brush... Uh, situation is becoming more and more mysterious by the moment it, as we talk lots of people ringing in and there's definitely something going on out there somebody knows something somebody right? knows something we should be we're like detectives I know yeah. well John's looking and you remember something I do I do um, there's something in my head yeah I but know. That's we, not want helpful, of course, we want but to know is it a disease
2: mind. is it a pest Mm. If you know something, call us now, (laughs) 94841927. All
0: right. Now, we are catapulting, sadly, into summer. I say that because from a garden perspective. What should we be doing? We talked about the fact that we do need to have wetting agents. Now is the time to really get stuck in. What else?
2: Well, you know, Ray, I was awake very early this morning mm. and I thought to myself, I'm going to head out and do a little bit of weeding mm. of our bush before I come in today. So I told myself, as long as I get half an hour out yep. there, yep. I'm onto it. So I, I'm i discovering pockets in the bush of different kind of country, you know, like I've got areas where there's paper barks and uh, grassy plants, dasy pogans and also the remnants of annual weeds, belt grass that's dying down. And it looks messy. And, you know, people don't see the amazing bush that I see because they see the weeds. So I've been going in and there's, there's clumps, uh, grass trees, for example, where the weeds are growing up through it. Yeah. And I've just been painstakingly pulling them out. There's actually a knot of weeds in a meter. So, you know, if you spend 10 minutes just pulling weeds, these old grasses out, it looks stunning in quite a short space of time. Mm. So I'm I'm reclaiming my heroes. I'm making them stand out. I'm just weeding around them like I would do in my garden. And in doing that, uh, raking the spaces in between so the plants are defined from, from the ground. And... You know, I've learned a couple of things. When I rake up the dead grasses, I created these huge piles. And so I realized that by doing this, I'm lessening the fuel load. Because if a fire came through, all this, which is scattered everywhere, it would just, it would move like a chain. One little Mm. bit gets burnt and Mm. it would move through the whole bush. So by doing this, I'm making it safer. I also did a bit of mowing yesterday and I've been very careful to look before I start mowing. I look and observe because I can't see everything. So I look for little plants that are popping up. It might be the tiniest bit of green, but Mm. if I was to mow indiscriminately, that's it. They would be down down to ground level. But I found some fringe lilies Mm. popping up in amongst the weeds that I wouldn't have seen if I wasn't hand weeding. There's also wildlife in there. Mm. There's bobtail lizards that on a on a cool day are just hanging out there. So if I came in gung-ho with the mower, boom, you know, I'd be damaging them. But it's also habitat for a lot of different things as you know my rainbow bee eaters are nesting mm. so i don't yes. i don't touch that part of the property mm. so all this dead and dying grass is also habitat there's grasshoppers living in there there's praying mantis mm. there's beetles there's all sorts of things and they're also a food for birds so yeah just going in and doing some hand weeding and working out the best ways to manage areas so I'd like to also create paths but once again I don't want to just go and mow a path if it turns out there's a little plant coming back so I go through very slowly hand weeding and in you know a few weeks I've made well I can see the difference I've made it looks Mm. tidier and I'm claiming big areas big pockets in the bushland that um yeah is a reduced fire risk mm-hmm. and and better habitat, allowing the native plants to really shine. Shine,
0: okay. So
2: that's oh. just that's bushland stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're heading to Yanchep. We're talking about a cactus removal. Joy. Good morning. Morning, Joy. Are you
2: there, oh, Joy? Yes, I am. How can we help you?
1: Um, my daughter has got a lot of large cactuses in pots that we want to get rid
2: of but we can't find anybody who would like to take them off her hands oh i'm i'm sure there would be a few people but i perhaps i could recommend the cactus society to you and um, i have have an email address i even have a phone number here uh that i could give
0: to you but perhaps if we put you back to bed because obviously you're driving joy
1: I am, yeah, yeah, but that's okay. I can. I've got a memory on me. It's still, still okay. there. Okay, good on you.
2: Right, Better well, than me. I um, there's a Facebook group, the Cactus and Succulent Society of Western Australia. Right. That's one place. We or, haven't tried them. Uh, you did. We haven't
1: tried them. Oh, no. okay. We've tried a few other places and put some things out in different um, Facebook groups and things and. Nobody seems to want these
2: cactuses. Have you tried Marketplace? Um, yeah, nobody's wanted them particularly. What Do what you know what type of cactus they are? Um, green with spikes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, there's some that, you know, the Ag Department will not allow to be moved. Um, yeah. You know, without a photo, I couldn't tell you if that was yeah. the one. But Bob Hunter of the Cactus and Succulent Society might be the one to put you on the right track. If they're desirable or, in fact, uh, if they turn out to be a weed species, then you actually aren't allowed to uh, move them anywhere.
0: Yeah, I know the bricky canaries one, but she hasn't got any of them. Okay. So she just wants to give these away, away. does she, Joy?
1: She just wants somebody to come in and pick them up and take them away. And they're in
0: pots. They're 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 in pots.
1: yeah,
0: okay. yeah. It shouldn't it's
2: be quite, that hard. You know the Arizona sort of cop, uh, okay. just just pictures that you see. Well, how and about? probably. We put yeah. you back to Bev, and you give yep. her your phone number. Yep. And I can follow that up
0: later for you. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks, You're welcome. Joy. I'll put you Bye. on hold now. Okay. Now we do have to go to the news, Christine. If you can stay with us, we'll chat to you on the other side. Sunny today with a maximum of twenty-five right now, seventeen point four degrees, so it has risen somewhat in the last hour and the humidity has dropped down to forty-five percent. Tomorrow a maximum of twenty-two will be partly cloudy as the forecast says, and sunny is forecast on Monday with a maximum of 25. Looking ahead in the week, we pop up to 32 on Wednesday and 34, 35 on Friday. So basically Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is getting a little bit warmer. Perfect gardening weather right now, however, uh, make the most of it. And our rainfall is still sitting at 8.2 mils for October against an average of 40.4. So it's very, very dry and uh, it would be lovely to get some rain. We certainly need it. Okay, we're back out to the lines. We're in Bayswater. Christine, thanks for waiting.
1: It's okay, fine. I've got a... I noticed a problem with my calistocons. I've, I've got one out the front and three in a sort of a hedge line at the back. I live in a very windy area, either at the easterlies or the westerlies get me. Yeah. And um, the one on the verge is the worst affected when I pruned it. It looked like the... At, the calistamine was dying from the middle down from the top down right in the middle, and then i I kept on working pruning the rest of the calistamine and a lot of the
4: upper to middle bits were dead mm okay
2: so right. i and when you say upper to middle, at what height is that? Is it your height eye um, height i height the middle would have been my own height nine five
1: three five two
2: well. Okay, um,
1: I have to bend down to cut them right off, and I'm going to cut it about halfway so that I'm hoping whatever it is, Callistoma will fight and beat it.
2: Right, Christine. What I need you to look for is mm-hmm. any pinprick holes, like the head of a ballpoint pen. the The worst case scenario is if this is the polyphagous shot hole borer, mm-hmm. then then there will be a series, and it might be around eye height there'll be a series of little holes and you might see some swarf or you might see some sap or or some evidence that mm-hmm. something's gone in and the tree is responding with, with sap or there's swarf or something on the outside. If it was something like an avocado, you'd get something like sugar crystals on the mm-hmm. outside. So that's what you're looking for or any other signs of disease or bark colouring or staining, um, mm-hmm. and don't, if this is the case, you don't remove it off your property. It has to be disposed of appropriately and it would have to be reported to the Ag Department, which is deep heard. Okay. With these pinhole bo-
1: um, pinholes, are they slightly darker than the, the other wood?
2: It's well, the they, when I look at them. they could be. So it's a tiny little beetle that bores into the trunk, and there might be a cluster of them.
1: Ah, okay. Right. So I
2: don't yeah. know if you might need a magnifying glass, but you know, initially with your eyes, you'll just be looking for for anything that's not a not normal. Well, I'll,
1: I'll go and have an initial look. Mm. Then I'll take the glasses with me. Yep. And it, what you say is interesting because the the one up the top here up the, from the verge has it, has this die back,
2: but the other three, no, four in, in the sort of hedge line don't have it at all. No, and that's, yeah, that can happen. Or, uh, yes, I was, I'm pleased, very pleased, thank you. And Bayswater now I think um, along the river line was was an issue for the polyphagous shot hole borer. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, that area. Can I plant a, a shade tree? Would that help any? Uh, let's let's tackle one thing at a time. No problem. Okay. okay. Right here. Yeah. <laughs> All right.
0: Okay, thank you. Okay. Bye bye. 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 And we're going to. Mary Jones. Now, Mary is situated down in Up, We're talking about a very artistic garden, an arid garden. faces an amazing garden uh, that face discovered last week when you went down to do some chats, didn't you, for the, what was the it? The
2: show. Show, okay. So, yes, it was a a lovely surprise to be travelling down Albany Highway in Up, and we saw a sign that said, Open Garden and that's it. In the- you went. We yep of course made a beeline for it of course and at that time it was late in the day I'd done my talks and we got there and it was like we were very hopeful because it was late in the day and Mary's son was bringing the signs in I said oh I hope we're not too late and he said no come on in and wander around and April and I were just amazed at what we found and the more I've talked to Mary the more I've realized that there is there's a lot more to this story and a lot that our listeners could learn so M- mary welcome this morning to let's talk gardening lovely to have you here oh thank you so much <laughs> so yeah, you good. you were very unassuming when i you know my jaw was on the ground at what you had created and the other day when we talked i i heard a bit more about the story that goes back Probably around 40 years, is that correct? Yes, a little bit over actually,
8: probably 41, 42 years, yeah.
2: So you've always been a gardener and you built a house and started gardening with plants like camellias and roses, etc. Yes, yes, all those kind of hard to grow things, (laughs) yeah. So Um, and then it it changed, like how did this change? What happened for it to be an arid garden today? Okay, well, so the water bill started to get quite big,
8: yeah. you know like you know three hundred dollars at a time, and it was way too expensive, so I thought, you know this is no good I have to whatever doesn't cope will will be changed to something more arid mm-hmm. and so over time, so it's taken another like twenty five years or more to get to where it is now, Wow. But, but but you can see remnants of the old garden still here so there's lots of roses that survived uh there's even actually i think three camellias still left which don't have any water as well and so um yeah so bit by bit it um i started uh, bringing things in like um oh you know like metal things like containers which i plant things in um, what
2: what sort of metal things
8: uh yes are old tanks so um actually old fuel tanks you know from probably 1950 you know so they they're not dirty anymore mm. so i just have them cut up and use them as containers for different plants
0: So you must have had to research this, did you, Mary? I mean, you could just walk out one day and think, well, I'll get some. No, you can't. No. No. So you you, you go to, like,
8: Verge, you know, when they put the rubbish out on the Verge and you pick up quite a bit of stuff from there.
0: Yes.
8: (laughs) So, you know, always bringing junk home, basically.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, useful junk. Um,
8: Yes, but if you know where to put it, Like, it actually doesn't look too bad. You can't just bring a heap of junk and it's going to look great, you know. So you kind of have to think a bit Uh, about... Have a vision, yeah. Yes, and then it kind of all falls into place. Like, it, um, you know, now it actually looks pretty good,
2: I think, you know. Oh, it looks amazing.
0: (laughs) And a lot of colour.
8: Yes, so so the colour, what I use for colour is um, I love red geranium, so... You know, that, um, I think it's called Big Red or something. Yes. That's kind of my favourite. So that gives it that top of red. And I also like uh, Bougainvillea, the the little miniatures.
0: Yeah, great colours
8: there. Uh, yeah, so they, so I use them in pots. Um, and I have a few, you know, the bigger ones as well. But, you know, uh, they're uh, like the cactus flower in summer. So, you know, I have a few flowers from from them as well.
0: And I can see you're throwing a bit of colour around paint-wise too, which helps
8: That's right, yeah. So I like bright colours. I like the orange orange verandas, which is unheard of because no one chooses orange on a veranda,
2: but I just think it looks great. Oh, it does look great. But there's more. Like, you started off doing mosaic mirrors, is that right? Yes.
8: So in the the 90s, yeah, so that was a long time ago, I was doing beautiful mirrors with, you know, little bits of um, glass and mirror and stuff, and then... I don't know. Then I decided someone said, Oh, why do not you mosaics and slabs? So that's when I started doing the mosaics and then that just kinda of grew, you know. Mosaicing everything <laughs> almost. Yeah. But
2: um They've and, gone and, through the front and the back and on walls. It's incredible. And, and sourcing yeah.
0: sourcing your plants, how did you go about that? You obviously had a clear picture of different plants that you wanted to access yeah. for the yeah, arid garden. For the plants,
8: Yeah, so my oldest son, Jeremy, had a good collection of cactus when he was, like, living in Perth. This is in the mid-90s, I think, about 96 or something. And when he decided to leave and go and live over east, he brought them all home. And he had, like, 300 plus. And at the time, I wasn't kind of very happy.
2: No, no. I understand you didn't know he was coming. Mm-hmm.
8: That's right. You just turned up with three hundred plus.
0: Hi, Mum. In yeah. the garden, yeah. and I just went, "Oh my
8: God!" <laughs> but you know, now that they look amazing. So, really, it was kind of a, a good thing that he did that because it makes the garden what it is now.
2: I guess you know, they've really. grown on you.
8: They have, yeah, <laughs> and they
2: look good, and they've also grown as well. Mm. You know, so, they're, they're, some of them are like huge now. For our listeners, you know, they they also wouldn't realise that this is no, not a small garden. This is a hectare of garden.
8: Oh, it would be, yes. Well, the actual, you know, really looked after garden would be, it's quite big. It's probably three quarters of a hectare. And then there's a few things like out the front, which, you know, trees, which I have and other things, which isn't kind of well looked after because I can't weed the whole thing. So that just gets mowed a little bit and, you know, that kind of stuff.
0: What's your soil like down there, Mary? What's the soil in Kogen? Um
8: So so it's a granite. Um, it's, I think it's called a, lo- a loam, loam
0: clay soil.
9: yeah.
8: Yeah, so there's quite good topsoil on the top mm. and then
0: it,
9: it's
8: very clay. So but that helps that with helps.
0: less water. It
8: does because it holds the water in over the summer. Mm.
0: So it's
8: really good, like... And I believe that if you have granite, it also indicates you have like quite a good soil as well.
0: Yeah, all very helpful. And I noticed with the pictures that I saw that Faye took, um, you have a bed in the shed as well. Is that for display or do you sleep in there?
8: No, no, don't sleep in it. But I'm sitting on it now. It's when I need a bit of relaxation time. I just
2: How beautiful.
0: Out and
2: then, yeah, you know I really like What was amazing about that, like we got, we'd done all the front yard and we went out the back past the orange veranda, following pathways. And there's there's a silver metal shed, zinc shed. And we followed a pathway around the back. And then, oh, my goodness, wow, we came across this, you know, this space that was bright yellow and burgundy and there were baskets of ripsalis. So and, a
0: lot of energy. Oh, mm-hmm.
2: And a, a big rainwater tank that had water lilies and... It was just like, oh, wow. Yeah. So once again, my jaw was on the ground. It was just surprise after surprise at every turn. Yeah, because it's, um,
8: it's kind of set out so that it's sort of done in rooms. So it was originally yeah. like that as well. So you have to walk into the next section to see the next section. So it's always a surprise. Mm. And I like that. I, I don't like a garden that you can see it all and once. One yeah. So, yeah, yeah so that's what I really like. So and every little corner is a surprise, yes.
0: Love it. And how often do you open the garden, Mary?
8: Um, well, I hadn't till last year. It was the first time in over 20 years. And then I did open it this year as well.
0: Okay, because I know we're inspiring our listeners and they'll be wanting to come down and have a look at this. So mm. is there a chance to see it in what next year, I assume?
2: Well, I've said to Mary, you know, when is the best time to see your garden? Yeah. And you responded, Mary, with... Well, any time because
8: it looks fabulous um, in summer. It was surprising because um, you know I have like the bougainvilleas are flowering, and the cactus flower as well. Mm. And then it looks amazing in autumn, of course. And then it looks incredible in winter because the yellows flower. So I have all those which flower as well.
0: So there's always it's always got different seasons. it's has different... yeah.
8: So so it actually looks really good. The only time it looks a bit really dry is February, when yeah. the cactus all get a bit skinny mm. because they haven't been watered. But, you know, even then, um, it doesn't look too bad. Like, oh,
6: And I think
2: one of the lessons uh, that I discovered was your use of water and how, you know, it, it costs you less than $300 a year in water to maintain Amazing. this oh, garden. Uh, yeah. Yep. That's and you right. told me about the gutters and what you did. Yeah,
8: so um, this year I decided, well, we, I needed to fix, have the gutters fixed, so which I did. And um, the the chap said, well, you need downpipes because you can't not have downpipes because earlier uh, earlier on I didn't have any. So he put all these downpipes at different corners. And what happened when it rained, the rain came off the roof and it made big holes in the garden. yeah. So I thought, right, well, I I need to have a solution to this. So I went down to the chap that has the salvage yard and I bought uh, something like, well, they were big tanks and and he cut them in half for me. I think I bought three of them off him and brought them home and uh, I've got a friend who is pretty good with that kind of stuff and he lined them for me and we set them up so that the water off the roof fills them so I don't have to put any water in, and I've got fish and water lilies in them, and they look amazing.
0: What's the name of your garden, Mary?
8: Um, well, it's called La Hacienda, which means the house. Uh, it's got that bit of a Mexican look to it. Yeah, La, Hac-
0: La Hacienda. La
8: Hacienda, yeah, which means the house, yep. Yeah.
0: Oh, gorgeous. Yeah, a friend of mine from Albany, um, he's come to visit a few times and he goes, oh, how's the, how's
8: the end of going? Yes, so, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I thought, oh, that's probably a good name when
0: they asked me about a name. How how long do you spend in your garden every day?
8: Um, oh, gosh, this time of year, probably nothing really because, of you know, all the weeds, it's all the... Weeds the garden now because I've weeded
0: low, it. Yeah, low
8: maintenance. And so, yes, yeah, pretty low maintenance. Um, so I don't know, like how long would I spend? Probably a week. Probably five hours.
0: Is that all? Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah, yeah
8: not much. And I only garden late in the afternoon, so I don't garden in the daytime. Yeah. So around four o'clock, I go out. You'll wander and out. Mm. Yeah, because I'm not into gardening in the daytime. It's too hot. Yeah, not for too sure. hot,
0: but. Yeah, there's better uh, times to do it. I agree. I understand that. Well, well, you certainly you're a lesson to a lot of people in the way that you've gone about things, and I think people would be interested in learning more. Yeah. Yeah, Yes,
8: and the other Yeah, I was going to say the other little tip for weeding, which I weed all the paths and everything, is hot water, boiling water. So I use that extensively, like in the front and back, and it's amazing because you just go out with some boiling water, and the weeds are just dead. Gone. Yeah. Gone, yeah. yeah, just gone straight away. They did. Yeah. Disappeared. Yeah.
2: Well, and I must admit, I, there was barely a weed there. I That's saw right. one. <laughs> <laughs> it was, was on looking the, for it. It was on the outskirts. Oh,
8: right, yeah, yeah. There's, there's probably a few down there, but yes. Yeah, No, so. it
0: was amazing. Oh well, Mary, uh, I hope to see your garden myself, and uh, in due course. And uh, we wish you all the best going forward. Thank you for joining us today on the show and no sharing, sharing yeah. uh, your creative and artistic talent with us.
2: And on today's mm-hmm. Facebook post on Curtain Radio, I actually did do a link in the comments to photos that I took so of Mary's can garden. Go and mm-hmm. have a look. I oh, did,
8: Fantastic. you? Okay, I yeah. yeah, will do. Yep, no worries at all.
0: Good all on right. you, Mary. Thank
8: Thanks,
0: you. Yeah, Mary. Thank you. thank you so much. All right. Okay. Okay. Cheers bye bye, for
6: then. now. Bye. bye.
0: And good morning. You are listening to Let's Talk Gardening. We were just chatting with Mary Jones about her fabulous garden there in Up that Faye viewed last week. Now, there are photos of this garden if you're interested on the Curtain Radio Facebook page. Uh, Faye did a post and in the comments section she's done some links so you can go in and have a look at what we have been talking about. Mm. And I have
2: uh, started to write an article about the garden for Our Gardens magazine, right. which goes out to all the garden clubs of Australia. I just found it so interesting. The more that I talked to Mary about how the garden was created and how she's maintaining it, the soil was one of the, the important factors. Key elements. Their yeah. climate. Um, I learned that cogenup doesn't, Stay really hot at night during the summer, whereas in Perth, we don't always get a reprieve. If we have a week of forty degrees, it might stay at twenty
0: overnight. Mm, sort of like those areas, like Bridgetown, and that where mm. they do have the. So she nights. said, you most that nights you would have to put a
2: jumper on. So, yeah. therefore, the plants get a reprieve at night. Yeah. So that's a critical the growing thing. Growing conditions are, mm. are,
0: are greater. Yeah. So she
2: has. Uh, she uses less than 150 kilolitres of water a year. That equates to $300, no more than $300. So she was saying that before it rains, she goes around to all those tanks that have got the fish and water lilies in and she scoops out some water. She'll put that on her garden so that when the rain comes through the downpipe. Those tanks are not just overflowing. They're, you know, they're dished out to her precious Mm -hmm. plants. Thinking ahead. And she does have a tap in the sink. She does have a plug in the sink so that when she washes her hands, she's using that water that she can go and put on her garden and she showers in a bucket. What? So how do you mean? Well, having a trough in the shower. Oh,
0: I see.
2: Yeah, and she gives her... Visitors, as in, you know, children that come home, lessons about using the water. So she's she's very frugal across the board. Her use of but recycling... Savvy. It's made mm. her savvy. Actually, yeah. one of the standout features that she replicated time and time again through the garden was augers. Now, augers are used for drilling, mm-hmm. and these augers were about two metres tall out of the ground. And they were placed in series of three mm. at a time with a little solar light on the top. So at night time, the, the light shines down, mm. adding art to the garden. Yeah. It's just amazing. The cha- it what was, she's thought Yeah, of there were so many ideas. Goodness. So pretty.
0: Goodness. Okay. And there's so much more like that out there. It's just discovering it, isn't it? You know. Yep. And, you're and bringing it upon- to light. Yeah. Okay. Now, look, we do have free lines. Uh, nine four eight four one nine two seven. So we can take some calls now. You've got something in front of you that you wanted to mention.
2: Uh, there's a few things. Few emails have come in mm. uh, looking for plant ID. For Sandra Hill, she sent in a photo. I think it's one of the Kalanchoe's. Um, with a little bit of time, I'd be able to go and find a name of it. Mm. But I'm pretty sure it is. The flowers indicate that it is from that family. Yeah. Uh, and the leaves, you know, I know of it. Uh, but I, I, to get a proper name, I'd have to do a bit of research. Mm. But, yeah, Kalanchoe, of which uh, was featured last week on the show by Andrea. Yeah. I understand
0: yeah, so no, the shape of the flowers and the way that they're hanging down. I have something similar, mine are orange. And uh, it's it's a, a type of kalanchoe, Ford slash succulent. Mm. Bought mine at Oes. Mm. Yep. Yeah? Oh. Yeah.
2: So is it a big leaf one that you've got?
0: No, he's got um, big fat fingers, and uh, but the stems grow up and it turns into like an umbrella and then the, the pendule type flower drops down that's just starting to flower at the moment oh i Reminds need a photo of that right yeah it's different right mm. yeah it's different so you've given
2: me a couple that are doing well in my garden okay big leaf and yeah oh, they, they're just amazing and when they flower you know they might be a succulent but oh wow in fact yeah, i've got I a agree. succulent at the moment that everybody comments it it was a an old plant that I know. Very daggy. I know and the one I you're broke about. all the lot of bits off so it would thicken
0: up, but I also made a little border. Oh, so cute. So they look like little rose buds. When I first saw them, and it was the way the light was reflecting, mm. I thought they were flowers. And then yep. when I looked closer, because Lord knows I need to keep my glasses on, uh, I thought, no. it's actually succulents oh my god you know it just looks so amazing so when
2: you first saw it it was probably uh green and lemon yeah and then like i was watching it yesterday it is uh blushing a pinkish red and you know it just changes but Many people that have come to the garden have commented on on that plant. That I'm gonna to have to propagate it. I
0: think so too. It's a winner. Do more. Do mm-hmm. more. Alright, we're out to the lines. We're in Queen's Park. Karen, hi.
2: Morning Karen. Good morning, ladies.
0: Morning.
4: I I have got a silky oak which is self was self seeded It's grown it's grown like mad. What what am I supposed to do with it? Am I supposed to trim it or or
2: well is it a weed? Uh, I wouldn't worry too much they are stunning and the black cockies love them but it it's actually a short-lived tree Karen so you'll probably be able to enjoy it for a few years and then it will just die of natural causes the wood apparently is very good for wood turning so someone might like to come and take it away when that does uh-huh, happen uh-huh.
4: Oh, well, great. It just leaves, uh, drops all its leaves at the moment, but I don't worry about that. I mean, I can rake them up. That's no problem.
2: Mm-hmm. And, of course, it is uh, the largest grevillea, the silky oak. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It, lo- it looks nice. I only just realized it was
4: a silky oak because, it, it as I said, it was self-seeded and then and, and it grew so fast. And I thought, oh, my God, it's about six meters high, almost five to six mm-hmm. meters. I just couldn't believe it. And a quick another question. My, my so-called miniature umbrella trees—they're covering the whole wall on one side of the house, but they—they they have got—it's full of mealybugs and 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 scale and uh, the scale insects. What about it? I don't want to do anything. Will that, will they go away by itself, or will they die? I mean, they're in the sunshine, so I think they will be dried out.
2: Well, if perhaps um, take to the tree and prune prune out some of the infestation, open it up so you've got more airflow. Uh, I think mm-hmm. you'll find that some little birds might come in. yeah the the dwarf umbrella trees can get very big and they do respond well to pruning but I think yeah cleaning it out a bit would be an advantage.
4: That's enough. I don't want to spray it. It's too much work. It's the whole, it's the whole side of the wall. So, mm. okay, if I trim it, it should be good enough. I hope yes. it, when it, when the, when the sun really burns down on it, it will more or less kill them. Hopefully. Well,
2: just opening it up and removing mm. some of the undergrowth to allow more airflow. But yeah, I don't think anything will kill a plant that's that big.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean not kill it, but kill, kill the mealybugs and kill the scale insects. That's what I mean. Yep. No, just Hopefully.
2: just clean it yeah, out and create more yeah, airflow. Enough,
4: so it, yep. it won't it won't uh, do too much damage there. Okay, great. Thanks very much, ladies. Have a lovely day. Thank you. You too. You. Bye. Bye.
0: Bye. Thank
9: you. Bye.
0: And we're in Gooseberry Hill. Good morning to Eileen. How is it going?
9: Not too bad. Good. A lovely day outside. Oh, oh yes. Um, up in Gooseberry Hill, yeah, I can't dig holes, so I have everything in very big pots. Mm. Um, my Baronia are in smaller pots. They've flowered beautifully, but when do I actually give them a chip through?
2: After the flowering has finished, Eileen. That's That's generally the rule, rule of the thumb, thumb for just about everything. And people could be looking at their gardens and doing that right now because a lot of the early spring flowering has finished, And now's a good time to just give it all a nip, particularly with this cool weather that we're experiencing.
9: The other thing is, because I've got everything in pots, I collect all of my water um, and I have two litre milk containers in the kitchen sink because it takes um, one and a half milk containers to actually get the hot water.
0: Yeah, wow. Um, Mm.
9: And because they're in pots, things dry out a lot quicker. So I've got, uh, I think it's 18, 20 milk containers and I just keep them full and keep, like the Baronia. Yes. When the sun can, I had to give that gentle sprinkles or oh, two litres of water, the three of them, a um, couple of times a day to make sure they didn't dry out or anything. And um, But that saves just so much water.
2: Well, wow, sure it sure does, yes. And, and putting it where it... It's useful instead of down the drain. Sink, yeah. Fantastic idea. Yeah.
9: Okay, thank you for the helpful
0: You're welcome, Eileen. <laughs> Thanks for your thank call. Thank you. 94841927 is our number. All right, I think we should give something else away. What do you say about that, Fayakaro? We've Great gots, idea, right? space, mm. so we're going to do it now. This is from Green Life Soil Co. Our good buddies, Paul and Linda Michener. Hey, hey to you guys out there working hard in Middle Swan. $75 gift voucher up for grabs. Now, Green Life currently have in stock a great range of organically grown veggies, herbs, medicinal, bush tucker and flower seedlings. And you can check out their Green Life Soil Co. monthly newsletter. Has heaps of timely information. November is about to lob. It's free. Just register online to become a member by going to Green Life Soil dot com dot au and there's always fabulous information in those emails and it's monthly and it gives you a bit of a heads up as what you need to be thinking about and doing going forward so very very useful uh and green life uh, do provide fabulous advice in getting your garden through uh spring and heading into the hot summer following and you can get a free ph test done on your soil if you like and they'll provide you with options uh matching your goals and budget they can help you out to improve your soil and uh, i recommend you check out their facebook page as too for updates now for your chance to win $75 voucher at green life soil co is a true or false you must be a Curtin fm member and not to have won a prize in the last 28 days of course Here we go. True or false. In France, Italy and Northern Europe, the tomato was initially grown as an ornamental plant. In France, Italy and Northern Europe, the tomato was initially grown as an ornamental plant. True or false? 94841927. Give Bev a call right now. And of course, now is a great time to be
2: planting chilies, tomatoes, capsicums, etc. Because it's summer. Yeah, and they love the heat.
0: Yeah, and what have you got? Have you got stuff planted? I know you've got problems because you've got water issues. <coughs> mm. What are you up to with your veggies? Oh, it's very nothing, difficult. Nothing, Ray. It's very hard, I just, very...
2: yeah, I'm, I'm just weeding the bush. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: you know, if I've got to focus on anything, yeah, the the aim is to look after what I've got, and I, I don't know if I'm up for starting a new project You're right, right, right now. I mean, moment. we're into the silly season already. You know, there's all these. New events coming up on the calendar over the next eight weeks. I've got Christmas shopping to do. I've got to keep up with the garden with the warmer temperatures. Fix, re tip Like, I really mm. don't need to take on anything new. Anything more
0: right now. Mm. Put, it up, put it to the new year. It's frightening to think that, I don't know, I don't even want to count how many weeks we are away from Christmas. But it is a good time now if you want to start zhuzhing up your garden for the Christmas time festive mm. season now's the time to be really making your move yeah so that uh, you're in ready. a
2: couple of weeks we'll be looking at pruning our roses to mm. team you know Try tie them tie, for the christmas time blow. that in yes maybe next weekend we could talk about zhuzhing up things we could do a bit of yeah. uh, thinking this way and of course we did have a lovely morning tea slash lunch at Bev's place the other day.
0: We certainly did.
2: And she had gone to a lot of effort to zhuzh up her place.
0: Well, I don't know. I think it's always zhuzhed. <laughs> I know. I know. People are listening going, I wish those girls would stop saying that. It's uh, Bev's garden is outstanding. It's a tropical garden. She has... Uh, By the coast too. Yeah, on the coast. And she's it's been done very cleverly. It's the first time I've seen it. And... I was so impressed Uh, and of course Bev herself is immaculate therefore we can expect her garden to be immaculate and it was. Everything is perfect, healthy, so well looked after and it's a testament and uh, to all of us and I walked away thinking I need to lift my game. (laughs) (laughs) I need to tidy up my patio, clean my
2: windows. I don't know if I can get rid of my cobwebs but um, yeah, well, you put like out- your
0: cobwebs, don't you? I do.
2: I do. I, I have know. visitors to my cobwebs. The birds yeah. come in.
0: Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. But uh, no, the health of her indoor plants and everything was just perfect. She even has ripsalis growing in a toilet, you know. And that just sort of... i just Not in the toilet, so, in no, like on, on the, the windowsill. windowsill. Yeah. And I just sort of thought, yeah, of course. So, mm. but you know, it's, uh, it's wonderful because Bev is involved in uh, the Let's Talk Gardening team. And it's just great to see that, the, you know, she's a true green thumb. It's truly passionate. She doesn't just answer the phone uh, there's a whole lot more uh well she's also a member yeah. of the
2: fern society yes and a active buyer at the um, palm and cycad shows etc yes. garden society's fair but yes everything that she's bought and and grown is healthy and lovingly placed now we did see something we've never seen before ray and that was a worm farm Bev's beautiful green garden (laughs) is offset with white. So there's white pots Mm -hmm. everywhere Mm -hmm. and it's it's just clean. She actually had this, it was a planter, but it was a worm farm and it was white and it looked very contemporary on legs. It didn't look like a worm farm at all. So she can put her food scraps into this vessel at the top and the worms free range in and out, and she can grow herbs and, and little plants it out in, in of it. the garden
0: and mm. so forth and it just looked like another ornamental who has a who has an attractive worm farm seriously it would just I know one more thing
2: well a, one of those black ones wouldn't look not right quite. in I've Bev's got several garden.
0: no I've got several in my garage now mm. we do have a winner, Peter Jane from Redcliffe. good on you peter jane uh, seventy five dollar gift voucher. From Green Life Soil Co. heading your way this week. The question was true or false? In France, Italy and northern Europe, the tomato was initially grown as an ornamental plant. The answer is true. While the Spanish introduced them to Europe, they were regarded with suspicion as a food because botanists recognised it as a nightshade, a relative of the poisonous belladonna. Very, very interesting. And you can our curly questions, of course, come compliments of John Glidden. All right, we shall return, 94841927. Herndon Radio. This is Let's Talk Gardening. George Minoldi will be joining you at 10am with the Classic 60s. Uh, and then I think, I think from, off the top of my head, Ray Finn is then doing uh, his version of Born in Boots between 12 and 3. Correct me if I'm wrong, just off the top of my head. Yeah, so mm. Brendan must be away. Uh this, this Saturday but it's always nice to have a different version of Born in Boots when the other presenters get hold of it. It's interesting and very very enjoyable. Now next weekend there is the Epiphytic Cacti and Hoya Society show open to the public between 12pm and 2.30pm. Okay now it's at the Bassendeen Community Centre which is located at 50 Old Perth Road, Bassendine. Uh Now you enter from the back of this building, okay? It's important that I say that because I have been there. And so you enter at the rear of the Bassendean Community Hall uh, and it's located on the corner of Old Perth Road and James Street in Bassendean. So that's coming up next Saturday uh, from 12 noon to 2.30pm. That's the... Annual epiphytic cacti and hoya society show. It's good to get along and just see what's going on with these societies and uh, seeing new things and different things. I think again, it's nice to get away from those normal big box store uh, plants and and seeing different. And things. And you
2: know what, Ray? I've got buds on lots of my hoyas right now. Well, good on you. Mm. Good on you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm starting to think about <coughs> hoyas. I have a couple, but I'm I'm doing a bit of research at the moment and uh, mm. I have a bit of an inclination because as you know I've got into aroids and they fall under the umbrella of aroids. Do they? Yeah. How? How? They're part of the family. hmm Yeah. Oh. And right. so therefore therefore it's one more <laughs> one more arm, one more string oh, to my bone. Oh, you be careful
2: because there's lots of them. Oh, yes, but some of the leaves, they don't look like a hoya, you know there's like fish um tail leaves mm, and mm, all sorts mm. and then there's all the beautiful blooms and the variegations
0: well I think that the blooms are fairly they don't flower a lot so I think you need to really look at the foliage is, mm. you know and what it can do so I'm more focused on that than I am the flowers flowers are complementary and nice and add-on mm. but that's what I the icing on for. the cake so yeah. to speak yeah quite right Okay, I shall let you carry on. (laughs) Uh,
2: Now, on tomorrow, planting veggies in the garden and compost teas and more. And this is on at the Byford Glades Community Garden tomorrow, 9.30 to 11.30. And it is the first free workshop. So, um, Facebook page for that by glades Community Garden if you're interested. There is also a festival on today at the Narragabup Environment Centre in Rockingham and they've got plants for sale and a whole host of, of different things at the Environment Centre. I can run off a few for you now. They've got reptiles, marine and freshwater aquariums, Wildlife encounters, poultry, worm farming, touch tables, uh, children's playground, bush tucker trail, nature walk, organic communi- community garden, seasonal displays, frog walks, and a macro invertebrate dipping pond. So, right. how wonderful
0: is that? Something yeah.
2: for everyone. And where is that? Narragabup Environment Centre, Rockingham, Safety Bay Road. Yes,
0: yes. Mm. And that's so, on today?
2: That's on today. Yeah. Yeah. yeah things so. I
0: mentioned a couple of weeks back. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit of a mouthful, isn't it?
2: There is. I hope I got it right. <laughs> I hope I did it <laughs> justice. Yes. Uh, now, what to do in the garden right yeah, now. Most important. So as we touched on already, any, any of your spring plants that have been flowering, now's a good time to go perhaps with the head shears and give them a trim, just a light cut back, and that will encourage some new growth and more bushiness. For next time, it flowers. is it a
0: good time for hedging, like hedge plants, mm. like buxus and all of that, to give yes. them a tidy up.
2: Bay trees, uh, lily pillies. yeah, a, a very timely thing to do in the garden before it gets too hot. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes, because this week's looking like a mild week
0: until the end of the week. It's a bit warmer. Yep. Gets so up today, today's today good is day. Good. Tomorrow. Yep.
2: Uh, feed. So if you haven't already, uh, have a look at your fruit trees, slow release fertilizer for flowering and fruiting plants. If you want to get more, more fruits, wetting agent, mulch, compost, just tizzing up your soil and yeah, making sure that it's got what it needs. Check your watering too. Sprinklers need to be checked um, and sometimes... If they're missing a spot, it might be because the plant's overgrown. So particularly with your native gardens, yeah. a lot of those plants will respond with a light cut back now.
0: Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah.
2: What else? Uh, mulches. What sort of mulches? You were looking at mulch, weren't you, Ray? I am actually. Mm. I'm
0: looking at getting a delivery uh, at the moment through green life and the one i'm looking at getting uh i was liaising with linda yesterday is a three in one so it's compost manure and mulch combined mm.
2: that will feed your soil as well as
0: well so i'm thinking of you know because i have a small garden i'm thinking that might be um f- perfect for me and aesthetically what does it look
2: like i don't know that's the thing i okay. haven't i haven't so actually... do you know what the the mulch is if it's... No, okay because When we saw Bev's garden this week, she had recently put mushroom compost over the whole garden, and that looked beautifully aesthetic. It was black. It'll break down Mm -hmm. um, reasonably quickly. It'll feed the soil and improve it, but also uh, give it some moisture holding. And and that's really nice. Yeah, that is a a finer mulch or a soft mulch. Yeah, of course you can go with your wood chips. Uh, It depends on the style of garden you've got yeah. and probably the the size of garden. So mm. obviously in my garden it's big. There's a lot of ground to cover. So I go with the tree loppers free mulch.
0: Mm. And, of course, but and the spance that you have to cover.
2: And yeah. I get it on the garden almost as quickly as it comes.
0: Yeah,
2: Like in a perfect world that's what happens. Yeah. But it's okay if it sits there for three or six months Doesn't because it up. breaks down. Yeah. But because I'm generally topping up, I'm actually adding fresh green mulch on top of older mulch Mm. so the interface Mm. isn't there. It doesn't pull the nutrients out of the soil. Yeah, that's And if I was worried about that, I'd throw down some blood and bone first and water that in well Mm. and that helps break it down.
0: A bit more blood and bone. And you were saying Mm. that you have an inquiry from someone asking about which mulch to to use.
2: So if it's a native garden, probably a, a rough, cheap mulch. Yeah. But I also chop and drop So when I'm trimming my plants I, you know I'm only taking off a little bit That stays on the ground I don't have to rake that up Mm. That'll help improve the soil Mm. uh, Shade it And keep the moisture and nutrients in a little bit more Mm. So Mm. there's lots of ways of doing things There's um, also like the triple C mulch So I think that's corn, canola and chicken It is Um, Mm. And that's do you like that the, one? I I would use that more for a veggie garden. Yes, because it will break down. And it will feed. Uh, for something like my rose garden, you know, you can go for a straw or a mulch. Depends what other plants you've got there. If you've got cottagey annual plants, you might not want that rough mulch. I
0: agree. I agree. Depends what
2: it, mm. you, what look you're after. The pine bark mulch is good. Yeah. I I'm probably more of a fan in my ornamental gardens of a chunky mulch
0: Mm.
2: and cheap so i can put copious amounts on it you can be very generous and that really uh helps keep the weeds down as well Mm. okay
0: we'll be back in just a moment five minutes of let's talk gardening left till we hand over the reins to george minoldi and he'll be playing the classic 60s for you through to 12 noon and George has just arrived and he's chomping at the bit uh, as as we speak. Bye, Another email, yeah,
2: Ray. Yeah. This is from Sue and it's titled Old Northwest Frangipani. Any advice you could give would be much appreciated. I've only been here two years. Uh, this tree, very slow to develop leaves this year. I have other frangipanis which have leaves and some with flower buds.
0: Well, already?
2: Um, this year? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, I've, you know, I've got French pennies too that are, you know, they're just shooting now. Yeah, like, yeah, mine are just. Bordering on just shooting. Yeah, like me, they haven't I? been fast to kick off. No. It is a very old plant and mm. it's got a lot of uh new growth tips to get to. There are many, many of them. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be too worried, Um, you know, like. With everything else we do in the garden, mm. check a, check the reticulation. Um, we're starting to get some warmer weather now, and that really is the catalyst for these plants growing. So don't overwater it. Give it a feed, a feed now. A feed yeah. feed for flowering and fruiting plants. Yeah. If you want them to flower, encourage their growth. Mm. Um, and liquids are great for that because it will give it a boost. You know, you can use a half strength liquid. Over the foliage, the plant takes it in straight away and you'll see results pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, so that's my tips on that. And Wendy from Bigton, Belden, sorry, has sent us in a photo of her frangepani. She said, not frangepani, bottle brush. It's over 22 years old, did not flower well this year and has always been a late bloomer. <laughs> Many plants are like that in the garden. And, you know... We've had some quite cold weather mm. um, coming up to now and that's why the roses are looking so
0: good, I reckon. And the jacarandas are a bit earlier this year too. This time oh. last year they flowered more November-ish, mid-November-ish, but they're already out in okay. my area anyway flowering. So it's interesting and I, I, it's all cyclical and weather-related, I'm positive.
2: Yeah, and it depends. You know, microclimates have mm. a big Impact. impact. You know where there's um, exposure to streets and brick walls and buildings, et etc, that can create a very warm environment mm. um, where where breezes flow yeah uh, can have a very cooling effect anyway she says i 've uh, never seen mass massive losses of leaves, so hopefully my tree will be all right. I find it does get a lot of dead wood and I have those branches removed. It does wonders for the tree and blooms really well the next year. And and this is true. Like we need to look after our trees as well as our shrubs and removing any dead wood, anything that's sticky and underneath that, that isn't growing because it doesn't get the light. Get in there and get it out, clean whether it out, it's it your umbrella trees that are Mm. small that have gotten big. That's one thing I really admired at Bev's garden the other day. These large, they were umbrella trees, weren't they?
0: Yeah, but small-leaved.
2: Small small leaves but big trunks and they were underpruned. They were very, very neat and they made a beautiful canopy for the garden underneath. So instead of it being a shrub as such, it had been pruned into a tree and made way for plants underneath, and she was also hanging baskets off the, uh, yes. off the trunks. Yes, it
0: was clever, but it, yeah, that did.
2: And it was the attention to detail. The health of the the trees were very good because they'd been given attention. A lot of us leave those dwarf umbrella trees, and let them be just a big shrub without any pruning. You can get in there and tidy them up and, and create very, space very for showy. more plants And so make them a little bit
0: mm. and make them much more interesting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So there's a lot more that you can do.
2: And the cactus, um, not moon cactus, but epiphyllums, mm. Yes, yeah, so I've got mine flowering this week, and it was a poor, neglected plant that used to fall over in the shade house because it was top heavy, and I never liked it. Yeah. So I just left it there, yeah. and I looked at it one day, and I said, "Faye, any plant can be wonderful if it's given love and care." So I repotted it. It put on all this new growth. It didn't look so bad at all, it and then it very It came into it. bloom, and I've got these big dinner plate size blooms it didn't
0: have to be given much no it doesn't take much yeah and so.
2: and everyone comments on it now yeah so it's a lesson to you all out there that <laughs> neglected <laughs> plant that you've got in the corner give it a new pot and get it give it some fertilizer trim it up stand back
0: and watch Yeah, amazing. Okay, I thank you for your time this morning, young lady. It's been a very interesting flowery morning, which always makes me very, very happy, and thanking Bev Daring and John Glidden, of course. My gardenism for the morning is, like wildflowers, you must allow yourself to grow in all the places people thought you never would. Mm. very M, you know me all right the classic 60s are next with george Minoldi. look after yourselves enjoy this absolute stunning spring weather and happy gardening we'll be chatting with you next week take care we hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of let's talk gardening on curtain radio happy gardening